Welcome back to the Anime Boston Podcast, where we're giving you another cultural lesson disguised through anime and manga. So one of the topics that we're talking about today, much like we talked about how you can learn Japanese history through anime, Mitch is back to tell us about Japanese customs you may not know of. So this is going to be an interesting one, a little bit of a cultural one. So stick around and let's learn some new things about Japanese culture that we may have not have known. When you're watching anime, the question which always goes through your mind is, do they really do the things we see going on here? I've always wondered that. And as a big anime fan, I know you're invariably drawn to someday visiting Japan, the mothership for all things anime. How do you act when you get there? What are the customs you should follow? Some of the customs seem quite, well, you know, strange. But then we get to raise the question, perhaps our culture is strange, and there's a spot on. The good thing is that Japanese people are very patient. They know you're a gaijin or foreigner, and will try to carefully explain things without getting annoyed. I will detail some of the Japanese customs I know about, but also debunk some of the made-up things we see in anime, eventually moving on to many of the customs most of us have never heard about. Let's start with some of the customs found in Japanese schools, as these are the scenes most often seen in anime. Keep in mind that there are some key differences between elementary, middle, and high schools. The first thing we will all notice is that students, excepting very young students, have to wear a uniform to school. Uniformity is a key thing in Japanese culture, and standing out is looked down upon. If a student doesn't wear the uniform or heavily modifies it, they are sent home with instructions to correct the infraction. The other key message is punctuality. Coming late to school, or anywhere for that matter, is simply not acceptable and is a serious thing. In some anime, you see students racing to get into the schoolyard lest they get locked out by a large gate closing. Some schools have fencing and gates, and some do not have any enclosure. The scene of the closing gate most likely derives from an incident some 20 years ago when a teacher counted down the remaining time and proceeded to quickly close the heavy metal gate when time was up. Unfortunately, he didn't watch what he was doing and slammed the gate into a student's head, killing her. He was fired on the spot and the principal who said the student should be on time, was also let go. There was a major public outcry, and it's doubtful that gates are slammed anymore, but some of the anime still shows this. But school security is a big thing, and the area around each school is carefully monitored for people who don't belong there. Location hunters like to take pictures of schools featured in anime series. Suffice it to say that if you're not staff or a student and are seen taking pictures around a school, someone will promptly go out and have a discussion with you about this. The very first thing you do when you get to school is to change into slippers called uabaki. Wearing outside shoes in school is not allowed, and this is done to keep dirt out of the building. 
The slippers are more like thin-soled sneakers and will often have a color code indicating your year. Shoes are kept in shoe lockers or cubbies right near the entrance. Many anime series utilize this area as a background scene. Some students even have the custom of putting notes in the shoe locker, often to meet up at a certain time and place. This is background for some of the comedic scenes in Full Metal Panic for Mofo, where someone puts something in Sergeant Sagara's locker, he sets up something to detect it, and thinking it's a terrorist bomb, he blows up the entire shoe locker, thus eliminating the bomb threat. Another classic meeting place in school is on the roof, where students have lunch, meet up, and engage in all sorts of misadventure. Sadly, it's all fake news. I remember reading a blog by a Japanese person. He said the roof business was all bunk. The roofs are locked and are not accessible to students. But anime gets a lot of mileage because characters can be alone and the prevailing wind always seems to blow skirts around, providing the minimum daily requirement of fan service. But what is true is the love confession between students called kokuhaku. As seen in anime, Japanese students do indeed meet each other and one confesses by saying something like, I like you, let's go together. If accepted, the confession is considered a binding agreement. One who breaks this agreement is looked down upon. I find this quite interesting because in Japanese culture, you never want to say something to disappoint someone else. Saying no or iya in Japanese is hardly ever done. People who do business in Japan learn this the hard way. Saying hi, the Japanese equivalent of yes, does not necessarily mean yes, but instead it means I hear you, but I don't necessarily agree. But yet in the confession, someone is going to ask and the other person is on the spot to either say yes or no. I am glad I never had to do this as a teen, having to go up to the roof and someone who I was lusting after then says, Ooh, I don't want to go out with you. There would be an inclination on my part to jump off the said roof. It's a good thing they're locked. While high schools have a traditional cafeteria in which lunch can be purchased, elementary schools have no such facilities. Each day, students are assigned to go to the school kitchen and pick up lunch for the entire class, and then everyone eats in the classroom. Oh, and there's no choice in what you get to eat. Everyone eats the same meal served that particular day. And when lunch is completed, students clean the classroom. A local high school near me did not have a cafeteria for many years, which I'm sure was a budgetary choice and not a nod towards Japanese culture. Another interesting fact is that Japanese schools have no janitors. The school is cleaned by students each morning, working off of a duty list. What a wonderful concept. School districts save money and students learn responsibility. And if you're doing the cleaning, you tend not to want to make a mess. Of course, if you asked me about students doing the cleaning when I was a student, I would have given that the big thumbs down. Food is very important in Japanese culture, and there are many customs. Japan is a hard place to go hungry. There are food stalls and vending machines on virtually every street corner, so food access is easy. But what most outsiders don't know is that eating while standing up is very rude. All places which sell food have a sitting area. While we all know about some Japanese dishes like ramen and yakisoba, 
there will be many other dishes you will never heard of. Menus in restaurants often have pictures of the food, but that doesn't really give you much to go on as far as taste. When I was there, I had to keep telling myself to live dangerously, even though I'm a picky eater. And good news, there's no tipping in Japan. Waitstaff might consider this rude. If you leave money on the table, someone will chase after you to give it back. Japan is a clean-your-plate society. If you serve food, you're expected to finish it, and it's considered highly rude and even wasteful to leave food on your plate. It's also considered rude to fill your own glass, as this is the job of the host. It is the tradition for everyone to say, Ititakimasu, which means, I humbly accept this, and everyone starts eating at the same time. It's no surprise that the tableware of choice in Japan is chopsticks. In fact, forks and knives are rare. This was an issue for me as I'm a total spaz with chopsticks and opted to purchase hinge chopsticks, which are generally used by children. And the most important thing is to never leave chopsticks sticking straight out of food, which is the sign of death. It's also rude to point to others with chopsticks. And while burping is considered disgusting, slurping, especially when eating udon or soba noodles, is quite acceptable. If you have a special diet, or are a vegetarian or keep kosher, you will have to prepare your own food. While Japanese cuisine uses a small amount of meat or fish, vegan is not a practice custom. Asking for a special plate to be made up in a restaurant is a big no-no. Again, this makes you stand out in the crowd and is considered rude. In the Japanese culture, cleanliness is paramount. As a visitor, every lodging I stayed at, no matter what the price, was impeccably clean. In restaurants, waitstaff never handles money. Instead, money is placed in a tray, which is turned over to the cashier, who does not handle food. And then there are the customs regarding footwear. Most Asian cultures remove shoes before entering the home. In fact, many cultures around the world do this. However, in Japan, it is somewhat more involved. I went to a yokan which is a traditional Japanese inn. I dutifully left my shoes at the door and put on the provided slippers, but then I walked into our room and my host had a face of horror, like I committed some terrible crime. Well, you don't wear slippers into a room with a tatami mat. They are left outside the door. Boy, I'll remember that rule forever. And then there are separate slippers you wear for going to the bathroom. So much to learn. Most places have what's called a genken. It's a concrete entranceway where you remove your shoes. Then you step up onto the floor of the building. Outside shoes must never pass this point. The idea is to keep dirt from the outside out of the inside. Oh, and you just don't drop your shoes anywhere like I did. They must be either left on the genken pointing out or placed in a provided rack. Genkins are found in most Japanese homes, schools, and even older, more traditional businesses. Virtually every anime has some bathing scene, usually in an onsen or hot spring. Public bathing is a revered Japanese tradition. There is a strict rule that one must always wash with soap before actually bathing. You bring a towel with you into the bath, but that must never touch the bath water. Instead, it's often placed on one's head, and you see a lot of that. 
In anime, the bathing scenes almost always involve shenanigans as the women start messing with each other while giggling and the men try to peek around the curtain to see what's going on and then the women hurl all sorts of kitchen appliances at them. Well, no, that doesn't happen. While at the hot spring, I thought about peeking and seeing if the kitchen appliances would appear, but I thought better of it. Here are some customs you probably never heard of. I was on a train, and I heard the conductor calling out a phrase as he pulled into each station. When I looked in on him, he had a schedule and would point to the station name and call it out. I was curious, so I watched conductors on other train lines, and they also pointed to the station name on a list. This is called pointing and calling, and Japanese workers are taught to do this. I once saw this demonstrated in an anime where drivers are instructed to point to each motorist at a four-way stop. What a great idea! It makes you alert to all the other vehicles in close proximity. One of my favorite observed Japanese customs takes place at department stores. In Japan, large department stores also include a large food store in the basement. When you arrive at their opening time, usually around 10 o'clock, all of the workers are standing at their stations and they bow to the first customers to enter the store while saying, Irishamase, or welcome. I was so impressed that I came back the next day and took a video of this. Workers bowing to customers never happens here in the U.S. Maybe it should. We all know that in our culture, 13 is considered unlucky. Some buildings won't even have a 13th floor. In Japan, the number four is avoided, and some buildings will skip this number. This is because the Japanese pronunciation of four, which is she, sounds just like the word for death. Similarly, the number nine is also unlucky as it's pronounced ku, which, is also, which also sounds like the word for agony. However, black cats are a good thing. And the maneki neko, or beckoning cat, is a sign of good fortune. Shrines are a big deal in Japan. They're quite prevalent. You'll find one every few blocks in a city. The shrines have some differences depending on whether they are Shinto or Buddhist-based, but are similar. You toss a few yen into the box, ring the clapper bell by pulling on a rope, clap, bow, and then make your wish. You see people doing this all day long. I can tell you it works. My wife got very sick from the long trip to Japan, and we visited a few shrines, and she got better. And then we wished for good fortune on our trip, and things were great. But then we stopped visiting the shrines, and then we got stuck at a location, and we couldn't get to the hotel. Well, I'll tell you what, we went back to visiting shrines after that. Not following accepted customs is one thing, but not adhering to Japanese law will get you in trouble. Most of their laws are similar to what we are accustomed to, but there are some notable exceptions. Safety is a big deal, and carrying around a knife is unacceptable. Specifically, a pocket knife or folding knife with a blade longer than 5.5 centimeters, that's two inches, is illegal. People who work in restaurants have a permit to carry knives, the tools of their trade, but you don't. Tourists are permitted to buy kitchen knives, but these must be kept in their original wrapping with a seal around it. Violating the knife laws will cause you to spend a good deal of time at the police station instead of visiting tourist sites. 
there are very specific customs on how people are supposed to meet. You just don't go up to a stranger and say, hey, what's happening? You don't do that. The first thing to understand is despite a prolific amount of signs in English, most Japanese people cannot really speak English. All students learn English for a few years in school and most understand some English phrases, but that does not mean they can converse in English. When a Japanese person has to speak English and they are not very fluent, it is very embarrassing for them. They feel like they are letting you down. Generally, adults should be introduced, especially if it's amongst the opposite sex. Japanese business people have a formalized way of meeting involving bowing and the exchange of a meishi card or business card. One is supposed to read the card and carefully put it away. Otherwise, that's considered rude. It might come as a shock, but credit cards are not widely accepted in Japan. While large hotels and department stores use them, most other smaller entities will not. Visitors will have to get used to carrying around 20,000 yen, a little less than $200 in their wallet all the time. This is not a problem since Japan is one of the safest countries to carry cash. While you can draw out cash from your debit card in any 7-Eleven, always have a backup plan like old-fashioned traveler's checks. Technology can always fail, and if the machine eats your card, you're in trouble. Finally, when you get off the plane in Japan, you will encounter the rules of the road. Everyone both drives and walks to the left. That means that on a crowded escalator, you always stand on the left side and leave the right side as the passing lane for those in a hurry. And when on the train platform without gates, never cross the yellow boundary and get close to the tracks. If you do this, the arriving train will blow the horn and scare the you-know-what out of you. We've covered a lot of Japanese customs and traditions, but there are many others I haven't even touched upon. We'll save those for another edition. Thank you for joining me today, and start planning your trip to Japan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Anime Boston podcast presented by the Anime Boston Convention. This is a volunteer effort and a labor of love and is presented to you by the podcast staff, Lauren Gallo, Bogulu, George Yazbak, Mitch Stern, Nanvo, Olivia Keen, and Todd the Todd Father Whitney. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.